Yeah, mate, we'll have that fixed up in no time. G'day, welcome to Stat Stuffers. As always, I am your host, Ramiz, and today I'm not joined by my usual co-host, Dylan. I am joined instead by my good friend, Marcus. How are you, dude? Uh, good, Ramiz. Great to be here. Thank you very much yeah, for having me. It's great to have you on. So, you are joining me for a very special episode here. This is the first episode of our series, Roster Renos. Credit to Dylan for coming up with that one, I believe. Uh, so, basically, what we're going to do in Roster Renos is we're going to essentially renovate a few different teams before the season starts again. Obviously, the season is starting pretty soon, so we probably won't get through too many, but we're going to go through a few teams, try to give them a bit, bit of a direction, and just kind of see if we can fix them or at least kind of tinker with them a little bit to make them, you know, either contenders or takers, basically. Um, and today, we are going to be looking at the Spurs, which, Marcus, you're a bit of a Spurs fan, aren't you? Oh, yeah, a little bit. You could say that. I mean, <laughs> I've been... Spurs have been my number one team for about the last seven or so years. I'm just a big fan of everything they do. They're the the epitome of excellence, and it's just something that I could really get behind. You know. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, they've taken a bit of a a bit of a downturn. I guess you could say. I mean, downturn is a bit of a loose term because you know they were still in the playoff race for sure uh, this season. But you know, after 22 straight years of making the playoffs, they missed the playoffs. For the first time, and now I think they're in a bit of a weird position. I think they're kind of stuck in this. I feel like they're almost stuck in that middle ground that no one wants to be stuck in. They're not quite good enough to be contenders or even like on their path to really being contenders, but they're also not quite bad enough to being takers and trying to get a really high lottery pick. They're stuck in that middle ground. And what we're going to be doing today, at least hopefully, is trying to give them a direction in either, either kind of way. So. Um, obviously, their biggest problem is probably the fact that their two biggest contracts are both aging stars. Uh, well, what are your thoughts on Lamarcus Aldridge and Demar Derozan? Um, well, yeah, obviously you're right. You're saying it's it is a bit in that middle ground area with those two guys, and obviously you're throwing Rudy Gay as well, who's making fourteen million dollars, and he's thirty four, I believe. So you've got a trio there that's sort of dangerous to a rebuilding team. Uh, Lamarcus Aldridge was a great move at the time, I reckon, because they were still holding on to Kawhi, and with him there after Tim Duncan had gone, they were still contending and still you know, making it to the Western Western semis and going up against the Warriors. So the Aldridge move was good at the time, but now with Kawhi yeah, gone, I mean, it's a bit bit hollow. There's no real. The year that there. they actually signed Aldridge, I was convinced they were going to win a title that year. Actually, like I was like, yeah, the, I'll, the I'll, best I'll... signing of the off season. Oh, I was hyped. I thought it was a really good fit. Um, and when it comes to the Kawhi and DeRozan trade, I mean, I'm not sure why they couldn't have gone for someone like, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure the 76ers might have traded Ben Simmons or the Celtics might have traded Tatum or someone. I don't, I'm not sure. But they went for DeRozan. Um, great player. Love the guy. Really good. Um, obviously, doesn't have a three-point shot, but he fits the Spurs well. But I'm just not sure if the return was there and now you're getting sucked into the point where he's aging and doesn't have a whole bunch of trade value, unlike Kawhi, who's a superstar. So no, I'm not um, sure exactly I mean, what they were thinking with that one. 
Yeah, I mean, in terms of their contract situation, he, let me break it down here. So, DeMar DeRozan is making $27 million. So, this is for next year. He's making $27 million. He does have a player option, but he's probably going to pick that up because it's $27 million, and he's not going to get $27 million anywhere. <laughs> um, Absolutely, yeah. Aldridge is getting $24 million next season. Rudy Gay, $14 million. Uh, Paddy Mills, $13.4 million. DeJounte Murray, $14.3 million. Uh, Trey Lyles, $5.5 million, but that's not guaranteed. Um, I think the Spurs could just be like, yeah, no, we're not paying you. <laughs> yeah, I would def- I'd be definitely on the no side of that deal with Lyles. I don't really see much upside with him too much, to be honest. No, but $5.5 million isn't a whole lot. But yeah, no, I see where you're coming no, from. No, but if you're talking about squeezing in one last player, then that 5.5 can turn a $15 million contract into a $20 million contract if you're trying to find that one piece. True. So um, you'd probably want to get it off. Derek, yeah. Um, Derek White is making $3.5 million, And then Lottie Walker, Lucas Shormanik. Is that how you say it? Um, I say Salmon, Salmonik, but Salmonik, Luka, Salmonik, yeah. that's right. Um, Chimese Metu and Tyler Zeller are all making under $3 million. So they don't really matter in this. But yeah, yeah. with those contracts, well, they basically need to decide... Do we try to bundle some of these young guys and our bigger contracts to get someone really great that makes us a contender? And is that possible? Or do they decide to go rebuild mode? Um, So obviously, you and I both came up with a bit of a plan to go about this. But do you want to tell me, where do you think they should go here? In regards to trading? Uh, Should they kind of rebuild or should they try to contend? Oh, okay. Well, to be honest, I reckon they should maintain the the core of their young talent. So um, I'm liking Pirtle and Murray and White. White's really good value for money for the $3 million. He's been one of the best, you know, offensive players at some times through the, through the season. So that's great. So I'll be looking to keep the young core, deal away the big contracts, try and get some, some all right draft picks and some more decent young role players who you might be able to get build up a bit more. So I'll be looking at the rebuild, but not throwing out too much of the young talent because I like what they've got there right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I do think they should keep their young core together, try to trade away their biggest contracts and get just more kind of young pieces. Um, So do you want to tell me kind of what you think about some of those key players currently on the roster? Yeah, absolutely. So, DeJounte Murray, I mean, aside from the injury that took him out for a year, that was sort of devastating as a Spurs fan. But he has been an absolute stud. I mean, being one of the top two defensive point guards, like right up the top in the league from basically a rookie is just incredible. I mean, similar to Lonzo Ball, they've got that height. They've got that IQ from a young age. I mean... IQ is often something you can't teach. It just it's it's a born gift. So I'm Murray's game, but the jump shot needs work and a bit of the playmaking awareness. But he could definitely be a triple double machine in the future. Okay. Um. So you're very high on Murray. Are there any other pieces, any of those other young guys that you really, really want them to keep, or could you see a world where you know they trade said Lonnie Walker for another young guy? Oh, that's something else. Lonnie Walker has sort of exploded in the few minutes that he's been given. He had a really good game. I believe it was against the Houston Rockets. It was a really close game. And Lonnie Walker was actually one of the guys who stepped up, which was quite incredible. 
Um, I like him. He's got an all-round game. I reckon he can become a good defender as well. I mean, the Spurs like to push defense. I'm sure they're getting him into that in the practice. Um, jump shot's actually looking quite good. And, I mean, what an athlete. What an athlete. So, I would really... I'm pretty high on Lonnie Walker too. So, I would like to see them keep him. Along with Derek White. He's been... Uh, a real spark plug, or like off the bench. Um, also a potential starting one or two guard, and he's just got bucket loads of offense. Can create his own shot, gets hot in a hurry, has a really nice three point shot, and actually, you know, part of the Olympic team last season, so or last Olympic year, so that was great. Oh, sorry, so, not in the Olympics. Um, yeah, in the international in the international basketball cup. So that was the FIBA World Cup. Was good. Yeah, the FIBA World Cup, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, are those kind of your young call that you were talking about before? Derek White, um, um, DeJounte yeah, Murray, Woody Walker? Yeah, they're, they're the big three, so to speak. Um, I've actually got gotten a bit... Um, my view of Jakob Pertl has gone up quite a lot too. I was really disappointed with the Kawhi trade between... Rosen, who I like, but isn't really equal value, and then throwing in Pirtle in there, I was like, "Is that is that the best you got? Is that you know?" But he's shown himself to be really good on the defensive end. In the few games that I've you know managed to watch over the season live, you know on the Spurs, he has been great defensively, getting blocks. He's actually remarkably athletic when it comes to being able to move around on the defensive end. I mean, he's not what you would call typical athleticism, but He's got, he's got good movement, and he can really chase that ball down. He's had games where he's had four and five blocks a game. Um, he's a good rebounder. So I would like to see a bit more development there, but my, um, my view on him has definitely gone up and up. So it's hard to say. Um, he could go, he's a go-between for the bench and, the st- and a starter position for coming years. Um, it could he could be a nice fill-in piece for a trade, but it might be difficult to get value for him because he is not a large minute player, but is he gets a fair bit of impact for the team, so it's a bit difficult. Yeah, a bit of a coin flip on that one. I mean, that is assuming they re-sign him, but they probably will. But he's a yeah, re- he's a restricted free agent. But yeah, yeah. So he has he has shown a fair bit of improvement, and yeah, I, I've I've warmed up to Jakob Pertl certainly. Okay, so do you want to take me through your kind of plan as to what the Spurs should do? Like, I, you sent me your stuff. You've done a lot more of this than I have, so I kind of want to pick apart your stuff. <laughs> I've actually only got one trade. It's a massive trade. It's a five-team trade, but I only have one. <laughs> oh, I mean, five teams? Holy, yeah. wow. Okay. Okay. It's a lot. Mine's nothing quite that serious, that, that big. Uh, my first impressions on the rebuilding thing were really the next generation needs to be built up. So the trades need to be finalized really, I think, before Pop leaves. He needs to have his impact on the team that has seen the trades made and has set in for a few years. And, you know, they need to get the train on the tracks and going before Pop leaves, I reckon. Really get the best imprint on anyone new coming in. Um, I mean, getting draft picks in trades would be helpful, but I wouldn't necessarily think that Spurs need high draft picks because they've shown time and time again that they're able to spot talent in a draft pool no matter what position. I mean, Manu, Tony Parker, 
Kawhi Leonard, all relatively low picks for their production in the end. So I wouldn't necessarily think they'd be needing to chase after picks from the lower seeded teams. So I'm not sure if that's a really high priority for them too much. Okay. And finally for the trades, I would say that before I get into it, the Spurs have had another good track record of theirs is building up talent. So I would like to see them trade for players who had great potential but fell off a bit. The people whose the perspective on them has gone down, their value has gone down, but they had that initial initial potential there and therefore it might be a bit easier to finalize trade for said player yeah. then get a high amount of value out of them by turning them around. Yeah. So it's, it's a risk-reward deal. I could see the Spurs really thriving from going for that as well. Okay. So, so following on from that idea, the first one that I had for DeRozan was DeMar to the Warriors for Andrew Wiggins. Interesting. So, yeah, I mean, Wiggins has a pretty bloated contract, so the straight-up match works currency-wise. Um, Wiggins, yeah, is a young player that could benefit from the trademark Spurs coaching. And this trade sort of fits with both of their um, both of their timelines. So the Spurs need someone young and the Warriors are looking to contend right now. They're, they're getting back into it this season. They're all back healthy. Everyone's been train, training hard. So I reckon it would fit both teams' timelines. But working DeMar into the Warriors would be good. I'm just not sure. They might need a stretch five to balance it out. So they might like to play... When Demar's on the four, maybe play Green at the five. I'm not sure because you need that spacing. But I would, yeah. I think that could work, depending on what the Warriors really think of their position. Yeah, I mean, I think the big issue with Demar Derozan is he's not really considered a winning guy. You know, you saw him in Toronto; they ultimately never did all that much there while he was there. Obviously, they made to the conference finals a couple times, but you know, I I would be concerned about. A contending team thinking, yeah, let's trade for DeMar DeRozan. He's the piece we need to help us contend. Whereas I think the Warriors would probably actually rather keep Andrew Wiggins. And a big part of that is because he's young. He can at least kind of help the transition once Steph, Clay, and Draymond are a bit too old in three-ish years' time. You know, Andrew Wiggins is still will be in his prime. He'll still be under 30, and he can help that transition. Is he a great player? Debatable. Um, yeah. But... I don't know. I don't know that they would go for DeRozan. If they did, like, I feel like it's just a net neutral trade. I don't think it hurts them. I don't think it helps them. No, that's the thing, though. Talent-wise, it might be a net neutral, but it fits both of their timelines because, um, I mean, DeRozan has that playoff experience. And let's be let's be honest. I mean, he was the first option on that Raptors offense, really. I mean, Lowry really only started owning the team when he left, and he was the veteran there. So he would be moving down to probably a third option because he'd still be. There's no way that Clay is a option behind Demar on the offensive side no, of the ball. No, they wouldn't. So I reckon he would fit in the third man on the offense quite well. He wouldn't have that pressure. And if someone's going to make a game-winning shot, it'll be Clay probably first. I'm, I would think, and then maybe Steph. Yeah. But um, so yeah, he would. And not only that is that if he's a third option. You could play him in a staggered minutes thing where he's leading the bench. He might be a starter. You sub off um, Clay and Steph, 
the bench on, but leave Damar out there and have them a bit staggered. So he'd be playing bench guys, and that might be positive as well. Okay. Because he, he does have that leader mentality. But, yeah. And in, in the East, yeah, he was the leader on a team that was pretty good, but he ran into the LeBron freight train. I mean, you can't really hold that against him too much. Yeah, I mean, I guess the scary thing is, he he's also going to run into the LeBron freight train in the West now. Yeah, but he'd have a significantly better team. He won't be leading it anymore. He'll be he'd have more more teammates to defer to. So yeah, yeah, I would see that as being a possibility for both teams to probably prosper from it. And he might throw a few picks in here and there, depending on what each team feels is necessary. But you know, okay. So, but so from the Spurs' point of view, I get Andrew Wiggins. He's he's. Again, debatable whether he's a great player, but he's a younger player. He's an easy contract to flip between him and DeMar Rosen. And, you know, yeah. he, he's got he's got that potential. He's shown that potential, yeah. and maybe he just needs Pop to bring it out, really. Yeah, a bit of, bit of tough love. Yeah. <laughs> um, another DeMar trade I had was probably a bit of a stretch, I guess. But it depends on the magic, because, I mean, they took a game from... Bucks this year. I'm not sure what sort of mindset they're in in regards to contesting a champ, you know, a championship or trying to make a bit of a push. Yeah. But Demar and maybe some picks to the Magic for Gordon Bumba and then Ken Birch to make up some room. But I don't think the Magic would do that. It would be. No, I don't it'd think be a, so. It'd be a. It'd be a steal. But yeah, that because it's it's sort of difficult. I've only got a few trades here, and none of them. Really, like it's hard to find something that stands out because Demar is in that problem where his contract is too big for his talent, and you would need to find him with his age into a contending team. Otherwise, yeah. another team that's not contending probably wouldn't want him. Yeah, I um, mean, then another one I have would be interesting would be um, Demar to the Knicks for Randall, Dennis Smith Jr., and Wayne Ellington. Interesting. Yeah, so you'd be taking again. This is the the theory of taking gambles and letting the Spurs coaching staff sort of make up the gap with any problems these young guys might have. Randall was really good on the Pelicans alongside Davis. Like, let's let's be honest, it's not his fault he's on the Knicks, but he was he was really good on the Pelicans and he shone bright after, you know, leaving the Lakers. And Smith Jr., again, really good player. They were the Mavs were really high on him, but you know, they gave him the Knicks gave him a trade they couldn't refuse. And then obviously down in the Knicks, Smith is just oh, fell off the map. But yeah. they, they're two more players that I think could both benefit from Spurs culture. And then Ellington okay. is just as a, you know, a shooter and he's a money guy. So, you know, make up, make up the difference in, in the salary caps. Of those, I would say the Warriors trade was probably my favorite one. I, I like the idea of, Demar on the Warriors more than I like him on the Knicks or anything because I want to see him win a championship. Um, yeah, I was I was the same. I was like, I don't really want to. I wouldn't really want to do it to him because he's a really nice guy and he's been good for the Spurs. I wouldn't yeah. want to put him on. But it it depends. Like if you can get good value out of Smith and Randall, they would. They're two guys that could end up being quite good. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. So. That's DeMar DeRosa done. What other trades did you have? Did you have any for LeMarcus Aldridge? Um, just the one, actually. I mean, he's the same same deal. Trying to figure out the money is difficult. But 
I just had LA to Portland for Nurkic and Ariza. Oh, no, Portland wouldn't do that. Portland would not do that. Yeah, but um, LA has shown, like, he, he, I think he mentioned once that he would like to go back to the Trailblazers. And I'm not sure if the Trailblazers are in the circumstance now where they might want to blow it up a bit because I don't know what they did last offseason, but the team just team was ruined. Like, I don't know what. They got rid of all their 3 and D players. They got rid of it, players like Alfaro Camino. It was injuries. It, just, it was injuries. Yeah, but I think the, the sort of wheels have fallen off a bit. And having Whiteside and Nurkic on the same team doesn't work. Like, Nurkic cannot play power forward that effectively, I wouldn't have thought. He's a natural center to me. And um, LA good for a contending team and it'd be good for Portland in a way because the fans I think would like to see him return he would like to play there I'm sure Lillard has respect for Aldridge um and if you could if the Spurs I'd be happy if the Spurs threw in some picks honestly to get that done because maybe it's, it's again it depends on the mindset of the trailblazers really if they're looking down the barrel of having another eighth seed instead of contending for a championship like they were before, how they want to go about things and maybe do a small rebuild and sort of blow up what they have now, get back LA, keep McCollum and all, um, keep McCollum and Lillard and sort of work things around that again. But I don't know. I agree. I agree that they need to shake things up. But Nurkic, Nurkic, I think is too valuable. Like to me, I think Nurkic is like, Maybe the sixth or seventh best center of the league, and I would not trade him for Mark Aldridge with picks, maybe. But also, you said no yeah. Whiteside can't play together. Whiteside's a free agent, so they don't actually need to play them like at all. Ah, oh, okay, righto, yeah, fair enough. Well, yeah, that that was only the really one I had for Aldridge. I mean, yeah, some of those other ones, I guess, ones I had for um DeRozan. You could switch out DeRozan for Aldridge. So you could maybe try and work the Knicks trade with Randall and Smith yeah. Jr. Aldridge because Randall's, you know, power forward and put DeMar in for Wiggins. But yeah. Other than that, they're, yeah, that's the problem they're in is it's sort of slim pickings. Yeah. Um, all right. So did you have any other trades? Yeah. The only other person that I really thought need to be targeted for a trade um, was gay. Yeah. Um, again, these, you know, they're, they're small changes, but it's trying to get a move to younger players. Yeah. So, um, first one was Rudy Gay to the Grizzlies for Justice Winslow. Mm, not sure the Grizzlies would do that. Yeah, but, um, that's, that's another one where I'm not sure of their timeline. So, um, same with the Magic. They might be looking to contest in in the playoffs, and the Grizzlies—they're looking really good, really quickly. So if they had another veteran guy there who was a very like Rudy Gay is still a very effective offensive player. He's still got a great jump shot. I think he shot forty percent from the three um, in the last year or two, and he's got he's got you know the veteran experience. So, again, that could be another option to throw in some picks to get Winslow if they wanted that. Yeah. Um, but because Winslow is 
not really. I don't think he's high on the Grizzlies list for like they've got they've got people like you know Brandon Clark. They've got Jaron Jackson Jr. They've they've got these guys that are there already. And Winslow, you know, doesn't seem to be high on their list to me. I was thinking that really the Grizzlies would be happy to trade for someone would be a veteran a veteran presence there who is a sort of instant offense guy and his contract will be running out in two years so they can opt to keep him on for a minimum later on if he likes it there or they can use him to you know dump some salary depending but I mean I, I could see it happening but you'd have to throw it a pick at least a pick yeah and because I, I sort of miss the Justice Winslow in you know Miami when he was playing good minutes and he was really starting to show that he was a great defender. He's a great, he's a playmaker for, for the three position, which is sort of um, the Spurs mantra is, you know, ball movement. I mean, we have Manu Ginobili, who was a two guard, who was a phenomenal passer. Boris Diaw, who was a power forward center, who was a phenomenal passer. So the Spurs like out of position passes, you know, out of, from away from the point guard. So Justice Winslow feels that to a T. And I'm pretty sure his jump shot was coming along pretty well additionally. So I would like to see him on the Spurs. Not sure what okay. the Grizzlies mindset is either, but I reckon that could be that could be good for both teams, realistically. Okay. Any others? Um a few others. They're not really big splashes like Rudy Gay to the paces for Jeremy Lamb and Gogo Batate. Okay. Um and Rudy Gay to the Cavs for Larry Nance Jr., stuff like that, you know. Okay. Um, again, guys who – this is the thing, though. The, the problem is for the Spurs, these trades are all for young role players who will, could, with the right coaching, become very significant role players. I, I don't see any star factor in there at all, really. No. I see 20-point-per-game guys. Um, I don't see any Hall of Famers like Tim Duncan. So no. I don't see anyone or Kawhi Leonard, no one who's going to really lead them to a championship. I mean, I guess if you got enough assets, you could be like, uh, you know, Detroit Pistons team when they beat the Lakers, you know, with those guys who were not, not superstars, they were just good. I'm not yeah. sure if those days are part. I'm not sure if those days are, those days are long gone now. So I'm not sure if it would really work out. So I think they need that star, but it's just, Difficult. I don't think they're going to be getting it through a, through a trade, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be a like win that way. But I think you know, similar to what you've done, I kind of with my big trade, I kind of did something similar. It was about you know getting good young ish guys, like twenty six and under, basically. Let them kind of win a few games, attract a big name free agent, build up some value, maybe trade someone for a nice, you know, a really nice big piece, and then. Then you could then you could um, compete for a championship. Like you know, if you've got eight or nine guys that are all valuable under decent contracts and playing well, you can kind of do whatever you want, really. Um, so, if yeah. if you're done with your trades, I will take you through my massive trade. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> okay, I can't take a hundred percent credit for this. I will say I saw this on the Trade NBA Machine website. I saw a four team trade involving four of these five teams. I added a fifth team and I modified it a bit. I added a few extra picks because the trade was okay. It didn't work super well though. Um, so what, <laughs> and it's interesting because 
a lot of the teams that you mentioned in your thing, I've kind of got in here as as big <laughs> trade targets. So first, the first team is the Cleveland Cavaliers get Rudy Gay, Trevor Ariza, a first round pick from the Nets. It's the 76ers first round pick from the Nets. This year's Sixers first round pick. This year's Spurs second round pick and the 2022 Blazers second round pick. The Nets get LaMarcus Aldridge and CJ McCollum. The Blazers get Kevin Love and DeMar Rosen, and they also re-sign Hassan Whiteside, maybe, if they want. The Magic get Spencer Dinwiddie, Anthony Simons, and next year's Spurs first-round pick. And the Spurs get Aaron Gordon, Karis LeVert, Torian Prince, Jared Allen, and a 2025 Blazers first-round pick. I know that was a lot, so I'm going to take you through each team. I'm going to take you through each team one at a time. (laughs) Okay. So first thing is, the Cavs get Rudy Gay, Trevor Ariza, a first-rounder, and two second-rounders. Essentially, they just give up Kevin Love. Essentially. So they're yeah. taking on two not terrible, not great contracts in Rudy Gay and Trevor Ariza, and they're kind of getting picks to you know take on those contracts as well as payment for Kevin Love. I think for the Cavs, it makes sense. You know They trade away their biggest contract. They trade away one of their oldest guys, and they get three picks for it, essentially, um, for two meh contracts. Yeah. Uh, no, I, 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 I'm not going to lie. I like it. Um, the Cavs aren't going to be doing anything too soon. Like, they're a, they're a mess, to be honest. Um, it'd be nice to have a couple of guys who can put on a bit of a show, put up some points, you know. And how long is... Would you say Ariza was the other guy? Yeah. yeah so how long has Ariza got left on his contract? I'm not sure, actually. Give me a sec. I'll check. I, I, I think it'd only be a couple of years. I would have so, it's two years. Yeah. Because I think um, Gay has got the next season, so one or two years left on his contract as A well. only one more year. One more year. One more year. Yeah, so I'm not sure if Gay is one or two, but it's definitely not more than that. So you'd be I dumping a lot of salary. Yeah. You'd be dumping a lot of salary pretty quickly, so... I, yeah, I don't mind that for the Cavs. I don't see why they would say no. They have no reason to say no because they've got nothing to lose. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. they're not in anything right now. I mean, they've got Drummond too. I'm not sure if he's going to be there for the long term. They've got a couple of young point guards, one of whom they're trying to play at the shooting guard. You know, they've got a bit of a, a bit of a mess at the guard position. So yeah, I just in the position they've got nothing to lose. So why not? Yeah, a couple forwards, a couple picks. I mean, it, it, the Cavs is probably the team. It just it's kind of just like, yeah, yeah, why not trade for the Cavs, really? The rest of the team yeah, is a bit more serious, I guess. So the Nets get LaMarcus Aldridge and CJ McCollum. However, they are giving up Karis LeVert, Torian Prince, and Jared Allen uh, for those two guys. Is it worth it? That's questionable. I think I think the main reason I would say they would do this deal is because of their coaching stuff. They've got Steve Nash's lead coach. So they've got Mike D'Antoni as well, their assistant coaches. But... Amara Stadamire. They've got the seven seconds or less Suns as their coaching staff. Why not run a seven second system with Kyrie Irving, CJ McCollum, um, Kevin Durant, and Lamarcus Aldridge as four of your five starters? Then you've got um, John Ray Jordan as well. Yeah. Yeah. So you just run, uh, run and gun for seven seconds. <laughs> um, problem is, a couple of things that jumped to my mind. Lamarcus Aldridge is not a seven second guy. In, no. I don't see him doing that at all. I mean, he's. Developed his three-point shot a fair bit. He's still not he's, – he's passable. Um, he can do catch and shoot well, especially at the top of the key. 
but he's not going to be running around. He likes a bit of time to set up, and I think that's why he's sort of thrived in the Spurs offense. I mean, I see him as kind of a short Marion role. Yeah, I guess. But um, you're probably taking a lot out of an older guy who's never been athletic to begin with, getting him to run up and down the court a lot. Um, Next of all, you're sort of destroying the depth. I mean, Karis Levert has been sensational this season. Um, Jared Allen, although I have my doubts about playing him alongside DeAndre Jordan for the long term, having them side by side on the court at any length of time is going to be a disaster. So you can only yeah. give them each an average of 24 minutes. I've never really liked that too much. But they like Jared Allen a lot for good reason. And Torian Prince is the prototypical 3 and D guy for this game. Like he is, he yeets those threes up all game long. I've watched a Nets game. It almost becomes painful to the point where I see him shoot so many threes. But they, they love it. That's, that's their thing. And he gives them depth. He gives them defense. So I like it on face value. That starting five is scary. Just worried it's about the depth. Yeah. Mesh, the, yeah, the meshing in of Aldridge and the depth. Because Kyrie said right now they're one piece away. I mean, they didn't really like that. The Nets didn't like him saying that, but I sort of get where he's coming from. And I don't think adding more starters to the mix is really the answer. I think their bench needs a bit of help. Well, I mean, I think if they... I, when Curry says they're one piece away, that to me says they need a third star. And I think CJ McCollum and Lamarck Soldiers can kind of combine to be that third star in a sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is, it is. Sorry, I was just going to say it is sort of a point, though, that having Kyrie, Karis Levert, and Spencer Dinwiddie all together is a bit, bit of a logjam at the guard position as well. Well, Spencer Dinwiddie is being traded in this trade, I will say. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. That's good. Yeah, okay, right. That's, that's a good part of the trade. So, yeah, but... Yeah, it's, it's, got, it's got a big big upside, but there's, yeah, just the worry about the bench. It's, it's a weird trade, I know, but I think it's just... It's, it's a fun, like, just pure offense um, system. I mean, you can also stagger, stagger the lineup. So really don't, cool, have, yeah. don't have them playing all together. Have, have LA out there by himself running a slow post-up game against the bench guys. Letting, letting him face from the post. I mean, you know. Yeah. So you staggering that lineup could be something. And you don't really see it that often. I, I don't know why coaches don't seem to stagger lineups more, but you would have to do that with that lineup, and I reckon then it might work. But so you yeah. have to see who's on your bench in the end, yeah. Okay. Um. So the Blazers get Kevin Love and DeMar Rosen. Essentially, they just trade away CJ McCollum and two first-round picks. Two future first... No, one future first-round pick and one future second-round pick. I think they take that deal for sure. Um, CJ McCollum and a couple of picks, and they get Kevin Love and DeMar DeRozan. I see no reason why they wouldn't do that trade. You know, like we were saying, they kind of do need to shake things up a little bit. It That, you know, that system might have run its course, changed things up, get... Guys that kind of fit near Damian Lillard. I think DeMar DeRozan fits with Damian Lillard. I think Kevin Love really would fit with Damian Lillard. I I think it makes sense. So I'd be saying a um, few things for that trade. Um, all all positive, but first first of all, you'd be getting rid of Whiteside and starting Nurkic and Love. Maybe if he's willing to come off the bench, I'm not sure how he's feeling about that. He um he was not a fan of that at the, in the Heat. I thought he was coming off the bench last season. So yeah, I, I, yeah. In 
Um, when he played for Miami, yeah, but I don't think he was really liking that very much. And his production went off a cliff. That was sort of when he started losing his value. So I would rather try and find someone else to take off the bench unless you talk it through with him and he was really on board. I'll be letting yeah. Whiteside go. But starting Nurkic, Love, um, DeRozan. Gary um, Trent Lillard. Jr. probably. Yeah, Gary Trent Jr. Yeah, yeah, I like him. Yep. And then Lillard. Um, I like it. Nurkic has developed his outside shot a lot. So that would give um, DeRozan enough spacing. He definitely needs his spacing. Um, yep. I mean, all but, four other guys can shoot pretty well. I mean, yeah. So I would be reckoning I like that a lot, actually, for the Blazers. Um, so that I reckon I would say that'd be one team that would be in absolutely completely in on that yep. trade if I was if I was with them. There's no real downside to that. I mean, giving up on McCollum is sad. He's been great. He's been there for a long time. He's been a clutch playoff performer. I mean, I'm sure yep. there'd be a few be a few watery eyes in the um, Portland crowd, but it'd be worth it to see how that lineup would would fare in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, again, I... It's, sorry. Um, I was just going to say again, it's the same thing with DeRozan and what I said with the Warriors is he's not going to be a first option anymore, so he would probably be able to do well in the playoffs and probably wouldn't have that much of a problem as he has before. Yeah. I mean, I th- I think in that lineup, you get enough spot-up shooting, you get enough ball movement. I just think you get enough of everything offensively. And Nurkic is a good defender. None of the other guys are particularly amazing defenders, but I think Nurkic is good enough that they'd still be a possible defense. Um, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you're right there. I'm not sure how good of a defender Gary Trent is. Not really mm-hmm. over the Portland... I haven't too seen much. him too much, but I'd say like I think average. I think he'd be serviceable. And yeah. DeRozan's not too bad. I mean, I'm sure the Spurs would not be too happy if he wasn't at least an average defender because yeah, yeah they wouldn't be as happy with him as they are now if he wasn't at least an average defender. So I reckon, yeah, that that'd be that'd be good. They even play him at the four a lot, actually, the Spurs. So Well, they wouldn't need to do that here. He'd be playing the three no, primarily. Yeah, but that's like sort of like he, he, you know, he's got size, he's got strength, he's got yeah of athleticism, even in his older, even as he's getting a little bit older. So yeah, I like that. I like okay. That um, the magic. This one's another iffy one. Uh, similar to the Nets, they get Spencer Dinwiddie, Anthony Simons, and next year's Spurs Spurs first round pick, pretty much just for Aaron Gordon. I mean, nothing else is being traded from the Magic there. I mean, I don't like Aaron Gordon all that much. I don't think. I feel like the Magic probably want to move on from him. Anthony Simons is an okay young player. Spencer Dinwiddie is fine. It's I think it's mostly just the pick, really. And it'll probably be a decent pick next year. I think next year's draft is supposedly going to be fairly good. I, I don't know if the Spurs would want to give up their first rounder next year. I mean, considering it's probably going to be a late lottery pick. Um, but I, I, I do think the Magic take that just because... They don't. I don't think they're in love with Aaron Gordon. I don't think he really fits with them that well. I think they just want a bit of depth. Yeah. So just yeah, a few things on that. Um, Simons is a point guard, isn't he? Uh, I believe so. I'm not sure actually. I'm pretty sure he is. Um, and then is DJ Augustine still playing on the Magic, or has he been moved on? DJ Augustine is still there. Uh, Anthony Simons is a shooting guard. He's listed as a shooting guard. 
Okay. Um, I'll I know it's a about... bit of a log jam. It is a bit. Yeah. So you'd have um, Markel Fault, who's come well, come on well on the Magic, and I sort of would like to see him continue that arc. You've got Michael Carter Williams. You've got DJ Augustine, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Anthony Simons, who I think is a combo guard. Also, you so, have Evan Fournier. Yeah, Evan Fournier, who would need to be at least like a sixth man, probably to keep his, you know, be getting decent minutes. Like he's at least probably like a twenty-four minute a game guy at minimum. So I would say he's a starter. Right? I like Evan Fournier more than most of those other guys, actually. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. I'm just, yeah, trying to say that if he was going to be in there, he'd probably take a hit to his minutes. So yeah. It's, it's it's not bad. I mean, you could use probably some of those guards in another trade to probably get another, um, like another, yeah, another maybe a forward, yeah, probably. yeah. Um, so it could be good for the short term if they plan on dealing some of the guards. Sure, yeah, but yeah. In the meantime, it would probably be a bit of a log jam. Yeah, I mean, I I I was never. I didn't love that element. And that was that, the magic with the extra team that I added. You know how I said there was a four-team trade. The magic weren't in it when, when I saw it. But I was like, I, I was thinking the Nets have too much for a long game. You have to move Dinwiddie. Who could potentially want to take Dinwiddie on as well as uh, pick, uh, as well as get a decent pick? I'd say the magic probably would. Uh, I mean, you mentioned Michael Carter-Williams. Let's be real here. It's Michael Carter-Williams. <laughs> I, oh, you I don't would, have to give him any minutes anyway. You don't. You really don't. Unfortunately, it's such a um, shame. He's, he's he's had a weird career, but I I don't yeah, think I was, he should be getting minutes. I was about to say. I reckon he needs a bit of a chance. To be honest, he's another one of those project guys. I mean, he might be a bit old, a bit old now. Someone yeah. like the Spurs might be able to make something from him because he is another long guard, a bit like Dejounte. Um, there's no real reason why he can't. In the modern game, I mean, why is you know why is the only thing a person has to do is shoot threes? Like, if you can't shoot threes, you can't be in the NBA basically nowadays. And I just I, I don't like that mentality. You've got someone who, in his first game against the Miami Heat, went absolutely bonkers on the big three, carried a seventy sixes in that game, showed the veterans how it was done basically. Um, had a great rookie season. Um. Yeah, this I I don't get it. I mean, you could. What? You, you, there's enough room in this trade to throw Michael Carter Williams to the Spurs as well, if you want. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll we'll take him. Why not? All right. Let's let's all right, bit, let's adjust it. <laughs> he's probably a bit too similar to Dejounte, but hell, why not? <laughs> he's also only making two million dollars a year. It doesn't really matter. That doesn't really matter. All um, right. Yeah. Adjusting the trade on the fly. Yeah. He, he's just. I feel bad for him. Honestly, I really do. I think he's. I think he's a guy who's who tries hard. Like he, there was no real reason for him to be that. You know, dogged on the seventy sixes. I mean, they were a garbage team, and they had no shooters at all. Um, and he still managed to get stuff done. Like I don't know how. He just he just got stuff done. He was probably the only man they really needed to mark on the seventy sixes. Like with any real gusto, but they would. He still managed to play well on the team so he's a guy I honestly feel sorry for amongst a few of the others yeah. because he's never been a Wiggins who got a 27 million dollar bag and then was like uh why bother training anymore he, he was never that kind of guy yeah he doesn't even make 27 million dollars in his career no exactly <laughs> um 
Okay, yeah, I, I, I do feel bad for him. He's not particularly young anymore. He's actually 29 now, which is weird to think. He feels like he's like 26. Wow. But, um, yeah, well, I actually legitimately thought when we were talking, I thought he was 26. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, I, he's, he's a non factor in this trade, kind of. You could throw him anywhere, throw him to the Spurs, why not? Yep. Okay. <laughs> now, the Spurs. So this is obviously the key one. This is what we're going for. The Spurs get Aaron Gordon, Karis LeVert, Torian Prince, Jared Allen, Michael Carter-Williams now, and the Blazers' 2025 first-round pick for Kevin Love, DeMar DeRozan, Rudy Gay, and a second-rounder. And a first-rounder as well. Uh, uh, my apologies. I It seems like they're giving up a lot, but they're also getting kind of exactly what they need. They're getting four yes. relatively young guys who can just kind of carry the team forward. They could be just good. Like, Aaron Gordon is good. Karis LeVert is good, potentially great. Torian Prince is good. Jared Allen is good. Michael Connor-Williams exists. Um, <laughs> and then yeah. also a, a first, a future first-rounder to hedge their bets. I think it kind of looks at all of their issues and combines them into one. The beautiful thing about this as well is... With Michael Conley Williams now, it has it's opening up less space in salary, but it's opening up another thirteen million dollars uh in salary cap. So they're shedding yeah. quite a bit of salary where they can go after some pretty decent free agents in this upcoming class. So what do you think of what the Spurs get in this deal? Um, quite frankly, there's no reason to say no, really. I mean Harris Levert. Um, would be actually, I think he would be all right alongside Dejounte because I don't see Dejounte as much as he might improve. Hopefully, in a play in a playmaking sense, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's a primary ball handler, whereas Karis Levert is. I reckon. I reckon that would work. Um, like I said before, Torian Prince is a perfect three and D guy. He might need to tune back on chucking up the threes. I'm not sure if Pop would appreciate that no. much as the Nets do. He might want to limit the attempts a bit. But he's he'd be perfect with the Spurs. Um, Jared Allen, Gordon, yeah, Jared Allen is basically Jakob Pertl, but a lot better. So yeah. why not? Um, and then you've got yeah, Aaron Gordon. I mean, bring some excitement to the team. I mean, you've had Rudy Gay and you've had um, Demar Derozan. So I think the Spurs fans have gotten a bit of taste for above the rim action. So <laughs> we never really had that too much before. Um, until those two guys came here. So I reckon a good consolation prize would be getting Aaron Gordon. That would bring some excitement to the team for sure. Yeah, so four young, exciting players. You're getting rid of your three biggest contracts. And Michael Carter-Williams. <laughs> and you're getting rid of your three biggest contracts. I, I, I think it's a great deal for the Spurs. I think, you know, it's iffy for the Nets. It's a little bit iffy for the Magic. But I think the Spurs love it. The Cavs love it. The Blazers love it. You can adjust it yep. a little bit. You can tweak it a little bit to make it a little yeah. bit better for the Magic, make it a little bit better for the Nets, maybe chuck in another pick or two from various teams. Like, I feel like the Blazers should be giving up a little bit more than they are currently, and maybe <laughs> the Spurs also yeah. should be, but, you know, maybe an extra pick or something uh, to the Nets and one to the Magic makes it just the right deal to make for all five teams. Yeah, absolutely. Um. I mean, it's not the Cavs would love it. It's the Cavs are like, we've got nothing else better to do. So like we said before. Yeah, okay. But, um, <laughs> I think they'd yeah, love I, the three picks. Yeah, though, I mean, yeah, they're going to love picks, of course. Um, so, yeah, I mean, 
I mean, if you you remove the magic, so that's a that's a possibility. Like the original original trade, I guess. If they really don't like it, you could probably you could make it work. The yep. um the Spurs would just be losing Aaron Gordon and Michael Carter. They'd be losing Aaron Gordon. Yep. Um, but that'd be all right, I guess. Um, and then the Nets, like you said, behind the magic, the other team that would be. Maybe the biggest hindrance to the trade, but I reckon you could probably swing them. So I reckon, yeah, the Magic could be the biggest issue with it. And if they can't get happy, then just cut them out and make it work. So yeah, that's yeah. That, that's good actually. I, yeah, that's 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 it's a trade. Everything basically what they need. It's it's a trade. Yeah. <laughs> it is it, a trade. It gives, it gives everyone what they need. I pretty much I would say. Yeah. All right. So uh, with trade away, what do you think about free agents the Spurs should be targeting? Well, again, um, sort of hard to find big hitters. I mean, they're a bit late to the free agent pool because us, you know, last off season was the best one. The next ones coming up are a bit mediocre. I mean, you've got Giannis and Paul George coming up. I mean, I'm not sure if they're really going to go after either of those. So just outside of that, you've got this year coming up, you've got Fred Van Vliet. Mm -hmm. I reckon he would be... Almost comparable. How old's Van Vliet now? He's like 22, 23 or something. He's something like that. 23, yeah, 24. Early, early 20s, yeah. Um, 20s, I could yeah. see him becoming sort of like a, your Tony Parker sort of guy. Okay. To be honest, if I had to compare a role, I'm not sure if he's going to become as good. Obviously, that's a high bar to set. But he's you know, an undersized guard who is really an all-round guy. Um Great personality, great temperament, um, and deliver for a team at the end of a game. Um, like it's, it's just the money, though. So this season, you have to do a bit of trading to dump salary, but I'd like to see them go after Fred if they could. Yep. Um, outside of that, there's just some good role players that they could maybe work with, like... Um, I mean, Joe Harris is good, but he is probably more likely for a team that's contending right now. So probably not. He's a good guy if you could, you know, get someone. Um, getting getting Davis Bertans back would be nice because I was sad to see him go. Bertans is like your prototypical four, but he is of the modern era, but he is like a 40-plus percent shooter from deep and he can hit him off. Off dribble, hand off, catch and shoot. Like he's he's absolutely a weapon from behind the arc. And I'm I was I'm not sure exactly what the Spurs trade was to get rid of him, but I don't know why really. So it'd be nice to see him come yeah. back. Um, Josh Jackson, another one of those guys who could be worked on a little bit. A great potential. Uh, hit this hit the skids a bit. <laughs> um, maybe could be resurrected. Um, then last two, um, few other ones, Montrez Harrell, Aaron Baines and Harry Giles. Yeah. Okay. That's about it. Yeah. I had yeah, for this year. Yeah. Um, the, I had a few of the guys that you listed. The only other guy I had was Jeremy Grant. I mean, as a Nuggets fan, I hope he stays with the Nuggets. I think he probably will, but he would be a really, really good fit for the Spurs, especially with the traits I've, <laughs> I've got in my head. He's just another yeah. guy that falls into that good, potentially great 
25, 26 years old, you know, you you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong with yeah. Jeremy Grant. And then, yeah, I had, yeah. My, my main two were Montrose Harrell and Fred Van Vliet besides that. But I did look at a couple of other guys. But, yeah, I think you just want guys, the, the same sorts of guys that you're trying to trade for, you want to sign maybe one or two of them in free agency. Obviously, money's an issue. But, you know, I think if you if you can clear out uh, DeRozan, Aldridge, Gay, and maybe Paddy Mills. I don't want them to trade Paddy Mills, but if they do, that's probably good for them. Uh, um, yeah, I actually had a quick note on Paddy Mills as a player because there's been a lot of shifts since the retirement of the big three and the departure of Kawhi. Is the only really guy who's been there since their last championship. So yep. as much as he's getting paid a fair whack of money, so maybe keep him around and lower his contract next next time for the he's um available to re up his contract, renew his yep. contract, because culture is an, an enormous part of the Spurs. So he need he would definitely help in passing that on. He's I mean, and besides that, he's a great he's a great point guard. He's shifty. He's quick. He's, a, he's another great clutch performer. And he's a bit like him, sort of what you would hope Derek White might be able to become. The sort of yep. instant offense guard who loves, you know, draining those jump shots, getting into the lane and sort of working well under pressure. So I'd like to see him keep him around, like, like you said, yeah. But for more than just his game, I reckon his, yeah. his mentorship would be helpful as well, especially because they need, they've got a fair few young, young guards in there. They don't have any older guards that would um, be good for tutelage. Like, you've got LaMarcus Aldridge there for guys like Pirtle and anyone else they might bring up. You've got, you know, DeMar DeRozan there for guys like um, guys like Lonnie Walker. But they don't really have anyone uh, veteran there for the guards. So I'd like to see them keep Patty Mills around for that yeah. as well. But yeah, if... If they were to trade him and trade their other big contracts, they do have room to go for pretty much any free agents they want, whether they try to make a big splash in a couple of years or they just kind of try to get a bunch of those pretty good young guys. I could I could see either one working for them, really. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we wrap things up, did you have any other final thoughts on the Spurs? Anything that we missed? Um, just in regards to continuing on free agency, because this pool is sort of difficult to work with. I was thinking next pool, a few guys, especially because um, there'll be a lot more money coming off the books for the 2021 offseason. Yeah. So I was thinking Victor Oladipo would be a good guy to pick up, especially as I think, I remember, I don't quote me, but I think I remember there being rumblings about maybe him wanting to move on from Indiana. If the, he definitely does. If, he definitely if, does. If, yeah, if the time was right and the team was right. Um, not sure how old he is, though. He's, what, 27, 28 now? Is he? About the late 20s, I want to say. Yeah, so, I mean, it might be a bit late to start working with him, but I would like to see maybe an attempt to get Victor Oladipo because he's probably... He's the biggest... Guy, you could probably sign the next two off seasons. Then, aside from that, you've got Avery Bradley, who fits um, the Spurs' identity, and Justice Winslow. If you can't get him in a trade, you can sign him in twenty twenty one. So, okay, that's about it in regards to the free agency. Yeah, um, 
I guess one last question I have for you is, what do you think about, how long do you think Pop stays around? Ooh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, He's old. He's 71. Yeah. Like I said, at the start of the video, the next generation needs to get on track, I think, before he leaves. The question is, how long is that going to take? We've been discussing for a long while now all the different opportunities there are. There's a litany of them. But like we said, there's no real star talent. So he might have to stay on to get the role players going and then he might leave before Spurs see real star take the helm. Yeah. But, um, I would be hoping he'd stay on for the next, i say ballpark, probably four years would be nice. Mm. And I, I think Duncan, that might be pushing it a little bit, but yeah. Yeah, it might be pushing it a little bit, but it's I don't think you I don't think you could say he didn't love his job. I think he loves his job. I think he's looking forward to mentoring Tim Duncan as Timmy just started. So uh 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 Tim Duncan no longer an assistant with the Spurs. He stepped down five days ago. Oh, late to the news. Well that didn't last very long, did it? <laughs> no, no. I didn't even think to look that up. I just assumed he was going to be there for ages. Yeah, so did I. I actually found it out as we were doing this podcast. I was looking up how old Greg Popovich <laughs> was, and I saw the news about Tim Duncan leaving. Hmm. Well, yeah, that was a flame that burnt neither bright nor long. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that was actually another one of the notes I had was that it'd be nice to see one of the floor generals of the Spurs at least take an assistant coaching role like Manu or Parker, were sort of guys who actually ran the offense. Duncan was a guy who executed it, but I'm not sure if someone who executes is really as useful in coaching as someone who runs it Yeah, and tries to get it all going. I mean, I have ultimate respect for Manu. Like, he is a genius. And as far as I'm aware, Parker, you know, he's he's a good point guard. Like, he knows what he's doing. So it would have been nice to see one of those two in there instead, but I'm not sure how interested they are if they are at all. I, honestly, I think it's going to be Becky Hammond's role uh, when Pop does step down. Well, that, that'd, be, that'd be cool as well. I mean, that'd, that'd be another momentous milestone for the Spurs to be part of as well, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, so, I, I was I was hoping for Tim Duncan to take over, but uh, I'd, I'd be okay with Becky Hammond as well. Yeah. And... And then just talking about coaching, just a quick little tidbit I had about the um, the culture of the Spurs is with the shift towards, you know, all the, th- the three and key, which is being pushed to the extreme by teams like the Rockets, whom I actually quite in- quite like their mantra and their, their play style. But I like to see the Spurs, no matter who's in control, continue that use of the mid-range as long as there's people around who can execute it. Yeah. So, you know, like, it's, you know, quite obvious to say that a good coach makes the most of their players. So you've got guys like Aldridge and you had Kawhi, you've got DeRozan, yeah. guys who are all brilliant mid-range scorers. Um, keeping that going would be good, especially in the face of teams designing defences like specifically stop inside scoring and threes and they're even encouraging mid-rangers so why not use that against the other teams so if you've got guys who can shoot a high percentage of mid-rangers and they're probably going to be open considering most teams are going to probably back off you on the mid-range i mean why not use that 
Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'd, I'd like to see that going. It's been... This was an interesting stat, actually. That there have only been five times... Yeah, there have only been five times in the Spurs history since they entered the NBA in 1976 that they have missed the playoffs. And in the last... At the end of last year, they completed 22 consecutive playoff performances made, playoff appearances made. So let's not, you know, anyone else get too judgmental on how the Spurs do their coaching and say it might be a bit old-fashioned because it's worked from the time that Jordan played to the time that the Warriors, you know, the Warriors dynasty fell. Yeah. That is a long time, and that's a lot of changes in the league, but Spurs' offense has remained... Adaptable, but yet based on a similar theme. Based on a similar theme, so I wouldn't like. To, I'd like to see them stick to their guns and pick players that suited that as well, which might be difficult with the way coaching is being done now with the younger players. But I'd like to see them stick to their guns because I reckon that's where they're going to be successful. Okay, well, I'm excited to see what direction the Spurs take. Obviously, the draft is coming up in literally seven days uh, from when we're recording this. So, you know, we could see maybe a trade or two. Maybe we could see, you know, them decide what direction they go on in just a week from now. But yeah, I'm very excited to see kind of what happens. I am obviously really excited to see what happens with coaching, everything. Like, I'm, I'm just excited to see the Spurs again because the Spurs have been a bit of a downer the last couple of years. It's been a bit iffy as to whether or not they're going to be a playoff team. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited too. And ultimately, with like what I just mentioned before, but you've got to trust the Spurs. I mean, they've got the track record. Sure, you mightn't have supported, like me, the DeRozan and Kawhi trade, but let's just trust, trust the system. Yep. Have, have a little faith, and I think any Spurs fans out there will be rewarded, basically. All right, well... Keep the faith, keep the faith. Keep the faith. All right, well, with that, I think we can wrap things up, unless you had anything else really, really quickly that you wanted to say. We, we are a little bit over time. Um, yeah, no, just a little bit. No, um, I think I think that's basically it, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, if you have enjoyed this episode, uh, please leave us a like on YouTube. Check us out on all of our social medias at StatStuffers on Twitter and Facebook or stat underscore stuffers on Instagram. You can email us at statsuffers5 at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. But other than that, thank you for listening and thank you, Marcus, for joining me. An absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me, Ramesh.